You're listening to the Football Revolution. Eight seven six five four three two one. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host Geo. Great to have your company. Bok to everyone. Hello in honour of Croatia's stunning victory over Brazil. So we're sticking with that, the team that we are most impressed with uh, during the week. We've already done Morocco, so they were probably you know in the in the running for it. But uh, yeah, definitely Bok to everyone. And alongside me, as always, my co-host. Welcome, Killingham Vig. How are you, mate? Bok. Well done to the bockheads. That's easy to remember, isn't it? It is easy. Some of these other ones I've been doing, I was dreading, but I reckon I might be able to um, become a, a get a Croatian passport. Full-fledged Croatian. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I can, or part Croatian or something. So uh, everything good with you, mate? Yeah, all good, all good. Plenty of football happening, so um, keeping us busy. Oh, there's lots on. But uh, the hot talking point in the A-League that has a lot of people angry is the decision to commit to the A-League men's and women's finals being played in Sydney through until the end of 2025. Unlike the previous unique highest placing team being the final, uh, hosting the final, a great cash grab, but also a great way to instantly reverse all the positive vibes around the football community after the Socceroos' successful World Cup campaign. One yeah. second, bing, bing. Absolutely, everything's gone. Everything, <laughs> everything, everything good that's happened in, in the past month has just been undone. Um, it's kind of like it's you know you know when you go on a diet for like six months and you watch everything you eat and then all of a sudden you have one bender on a weekend and you put it all back on again. It was kind of like that, wasn't it? It's taken months and months and years of hard work and then the space of probably an hour or two, it's all come crashing down. Yeah, look, it's 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 so disappointing. Um, I don't really know where to start with this one. Like, all right, we we understand we understand that the APL and the A leagues like they need money, right? The money talks. We understand that money talks. We need money for this game to survive, and and we understand this. This is a, a money decision. You know, there, there's no other reason for it. So, the way they've the way they've delivered it and communicated it to to the public, um, and to do it seven rounds in, um, they, they've just they, they've really mis- misread the room here. They've, they've t- just the timing is impeccable. The, ti- isn't it? the timing is absolutely terrible. Um, the the way it's been delivered, the the way it's come across that they've they're using players in the video who haven't agreed to it or, or didn't know it was going to happen. Um, Craig Goodwin's come out and posted the say that, that's saying that he he wasn't in favour of of the deal of the deal that that's happened. Remy Seamson as well. Um, Poor form for a guy who was absolutely flying he, at the World Cup. He's and a pin up pin up boy, boy for the World Cup, he right? Is, and you go and blindside him. It's not a great move, is it? No, it's just terrible. And the way Danny Townsend's come out and 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 spoken. Um, you know, he's he's replying to people on Twitter and he's putting his face out there. Um, well, I'm just not a big fan of it at the moment. And and the timing of this, it, it couldn't have come at a worse time, honestly. Well, and if you're gonna do if you're gonna do something, I understand the game needs money to survive. I, I totally understand that. But as a fan, you, you need to you need to give people notice. You 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 need to tell them, okay, we're thinking about doing this. We're not going to implement it this season, but from next season, this is what we're going to do. All right. And we can, I can understand New South Wales government are putting a lot of money into this, right? Yeah, but this is not a New South Wales government or a Football Australia or a Townsend bash, but the, the players, the fans deserve better. Yeah, that's simple. That, that's that's the long and short of it, right? We can summarise it. We can go on about it for years, hours, days. But at the end of the day, they deserve a lot better. Look, the football with, fans in this country are amazing. They've proven it during the, the Socceroos. Now we're saying, hey, why don't you replicate that and put bums on the seats and come to the A-League games? Well, not well, when you step me in the back. <laughs> Apparently the, the victory fans and the city fans are going to boycott the derby this week. They're going to walk out good after luck 20 to minutes. So, yeah. so good on them. Honestly, if they, they want to make a stance, go and do it. Um, 
or I'm all for, I'm all for that. Um, but yeah, just the the timing of this, the way it's been handled, the way it's been communicated to the public, uh, absolute disaster. So. Look, maybe, uh, maybe everything that's been done it has now been undone. We're back to square one, and and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the the outrage is is so dramatic on this, and and soccer Twitter went into meltdown today. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens if if they do make a change. Mate, we've got so much to get through, so maybe we can we can either do something another th- post off air or something, or maybe we touch on it again next week. But uh, as if it couldn't got any worse. Um, this one's even funnier. So spectators and players were given an early shower as the sprinkler system at Allianz Stadium detonated immediately after Sydney FC's 4-0 victory over the Brisbane Roar. Now, I, I'm, I'm complaining, A, that the Women's League has no Friday games, and B, they keep getting put on these cow paddocks, right, instead of playing on the good pitches. Well, they finally put them on the Allianz, and then all of a sudden... And they just, <laughs> and then they just spray them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they, they just they, they get the clothes washed instantly. So it's like a we were saying last week about how you take your clothes off and you throw them into the, uh, into the washing machine, bing, bing, and away you go, and they're washed and cleaned. Well, this is going one step further. You just stand there and get washed, and then, and then what's going on there? Oh, I don't know. That's just that's just uh, who knows. Either are the sprinklers on timer or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit amateur, isn't it? Just put it half an hour back, all right? Just in case there's a delay in the game, or you know, there's guitar extra guitar, time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go with that. The World Cup continues to deliver with some sens- sensational quarterfinals, and then there were four: France, Croatia, Argentina, and of course Morocco. And a fun fact for you: none of the quarterfinalists have a foreign coach. Look, there were four in the bed and Morocco said, try, <laughs> try, try and score. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty much what they were saying. But uh, look, it's it's one of those things. There's obviously teams there that people were wishing were still there in Brazil. But at the end of the day, right, it's just about results. It is. doesn't matter who you like and who matches. has the nicest jersey and who has the biggest name players. Look, look at Croatia, for example. They just wanted it more. Yeah, look, and going back to your point about the the no no foreign coaches, um, it, it goes to show what a what a strong football culture and uh, football upbringing can can do for a country. So, um, you know, all, all these countries, you know, f- football is the, n- the number one sport. So, um, you know, I, we still need to to build our our football culture here here in Australia, and um, you know, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe having a, a homegrown coach is is the way forward. Hats off and congratulations to all four teams. And let's just get it on, you know. Like, let's <laughs> do it. Yeah, let's just see what happens. But uh, look, it's it's bad for some of the teams that got knocked out, and obviously they're very disappointed. But it could have been worse. It's been a shocking month for German goalkeeper Manuel Noir, uh, breaking his leg skiing after his team's disastrous World Cup. So as if it couldn't have got any worse for him, uh, we wish him all the best with his recovery. But for him, he just wants this year to end, doesn't he? Well, <laughs> just, just sound, pretty- sounds like it was all downhill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We wrap up the latest round of the A-League women's results, I think, which was round four. We also have uh, revolutionised Roundup and TFR Fantasy rejoin the starting lineup, which is pretty exciting. So uh, we'll get stuck into that in a few minutes' time. Uh, in the second last edition of our World Cup Peely Awards, there are plenty of quality nominations, talking points and things to debate. So can't wait to get stuck into that. Is there anything I didn't see, VIG? Well, given the amount of games, there's there's probably uh, it's not it's not what you didn't see. It's what can you remember? Oh, it's pretty true. Honestly, it like oh, it's like a big it, night out. It, right? it, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like a big blur. You wake yeah. up in the morning. You've watched the two games. You wake up. You don't know what day it is. You, you, you're thinking, did I see that? Did that happen? Did Brazil really get knocked out? Did What's I, happening? Did I, did I feed my young son? Did, <laughs> is that what you were? <laughs> yeah, pretty, much, pretty much. Pretty much. So, um, no, there's just there's just so much happening that you know, we're bound to miss something. But um, we're going to touch on a lot of it now. There is no a player escape room this week as we leave the players alone to get back to their routine after a few World Cup all-nighters and preparing uh, to return to the pitch. So I know they had a lot on, so it wasn't fair of us to chase them. So as much as we love having them on and chatting with them, and we know the listeners love it too, it was just a lot for them at the moment. So players' welfare first. 
Yeah, absolutely. But we'd, we'd love to get some of the uh, Socceroos boys on to have a chat soon. So hopefully, we uh, fingers crossed, we can do that. We can add to our starting lineup. We've had a few on before, but uh, we'd love to have it even more. So uh, our A-League women's rappers uh, touched on a little bit earlier. So... Uh, this week we've got so much to do, so what we'll do is we're just going to go through and give a quick headline from each of them. So starting with the first game, Michelle Hen- uh, Heyman with a double as Canberra United record their first win of the season, 3-0, defeating the Wellington Phoenix, still searching for their first ever A-League points. Melbourne City was way too strong, extending their unbeaten start to three games with an impressive 5-1 win over the Newcastle Jets. Not even the sprinklers could stop Sydney FC from a comprehensive 4-0 victory over the Brisbane Roar. A Madison Haley brace and two stoppage time goals did the damage. An early Chelsea Duorba penalty was enough for Adelaide to edge past the home team 1-0. The Wanderers were very competitive but still unable to turn performances into points. And the final game of the round was two goals to Molina Ayres. One on either side of halftime eased the Melbourne victory past a 10-men Perth glory 3-0 as the champions record back-to-back wins and seem to be uh, back back in the winner's circle. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so some big games, obviously Sydney 4-0 against Brisbane. Uh, Melbourne City, they, they look in sublime form. They, they look unstoppable at the moment and uh, obviously victory going back-to-back. So uh, good to see the big guns all firing. Mate, uh, it'll be nice, like I said, uh, You've got both both men's and women's up and running now, so I think we were sport for choice and sport for uh, you know for viewing when we had the men's. Now we have the women's, and the women's league seems to be starting on the right foot and some really great great games. But uh, let's just hope they get on some better pitches. Some of the pitches I've seen just aren't up to scratch. And uh, like I said, there's other bigger fish to, fish to fry at the moment, like uh, grand finals being played here and other things we've touched on. But I'd like to see them playing on better quality pitches. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I'll, I'll touch on this later, but also the A-League boys, um, the, the game down in Wollongong, uh, Wynn Stadium, that was, the pitch was just absolutely dreadful. Yeah, it was absolute indeed. Absolute sand bucket. All right, so A-League women's table update. So Melbourne City, Western United and Canberra United are the only remaining undefeated teams. Um, so the, the table reads like this. Melbourne City are on nine, Sydney FC also on nine. Western United on nine and Adelaide on nine. So there's a four-way playoff at the moment for uh, for first place. But on goal difference, uh, City lead that pack. Uh, three points further back is Melbourne victory after back-to-back wins in fifth. And Canberra United, who I said are undefeated on five, but they haven't uh, – they've had a few draws in there. So they just need to make sure they keep converting these, uh, these draws into wins like they did on the weekend. But uh, my weekly rap has been replaced by a shout-out, dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out is a heartfelt one as another journalist has devastatingly passed away covering the tournament in Qatar. So it goes out to Qatari Khalid Al-Maslam and American Grant Weil. And the song we send to them is Boys to Men with Mariah Carey, the song One Sweet Day. Condolences to your family and God bless you, gentlemen. Uh, It should never happen, let alone when you're doing a tournament that you love. But uh, at least they went out doing it their way. Yeah, look, tra- tragic news. Um, Grant Grant Wall's a, a, a massive journalist in the in the US, and he's done so much for for US soccer. Um, so uh, just devastating news, and 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 also the the Qatari. So, um, yeah, you never want to see this or hear of this happening, um, especially at a big tournament, and and especially to to journalists. All right, so getting into quickly the A-League men's table. So Melbourne City on top of the pops on 16. Back in second is the Wanderers on 14. Adelaide rounding out the top three on 12. Sydney FC in fourth on 10. Melbourne Victory also on the same points in fifth on 10. And uh, the Newcastle Jets round out the six on nine points with uh, a game in hand though. So getting back to what we do and one of the things we do best is our revolutionised roundup. So quick update for the listeners. We go through the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point and what we would have changed. So Coach Gio or VIG, what we would have done to try and get a result for either the losing team or if it was a draw, um, both sides. 
So the first game, and welcome back. The uh, is it Hyundai? No, Isuzu. Isuzu. Sorry, Isuzu. Stitch up that. Yeah, it is Isuzu. Yeah, they deserve it the way they're going at the moment. Uh, so the first re- game was the Brisbane Roar versus Adelaide United on the Friday. The uh, the final score was one one. The goal scorers were George Blackwood in the seventy second minute and uh, J O'Shea for the Raw equalising with a late penalty in the ninety fourth. The player of the game for me was J O'Shea. So he worked hard all game. Uh, only a good save stopped him from giving his side a one nil lead, and he slotted home the penalty to snatch the Raw a late point. So like I said, don't know if it uh, it, it was a pen, but. Uh, he had to put it away, and unlike some other players I've seen during the World Cup, it seems a lot harder than it actually is. So, um, yeah, Jay O'Shea, the, the Raw captain, was my player of the match. The uh, turning point was um, finding a ref that has a clue. So maybe Lopez had body contact with um, Aramento, but the ball went the opposite direction he was running and the same way the defender made the tackle. So read between the lines, join the dots. If the ball's going the same way as the guy who made the tackle, there's a and good chance he ball. got the ball. <laughs> isn't that isn't that just uh, isn't that just That's simple just science? Common sense, isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah. Simple oh, science. I don't I don't know. I will tell you what, they're not going to find many good refs in the uh, at, in Qatar. So I'm not sure um, if they could loan loan a few or. Well, I don't know what the go is there, but yeah, yeah I, I just very disappointing, and I and I think Lopez threw his hands in the air. And look, to be honest, they didn't make a lot of it. To be honest, other than Lopez, I don't think I didn't read a lot in the in the paper about. It. I didn't see, uh, you know, Carl Viet coming out and saying. But I'd be very frustrated. You put in a really good performance away from home against a you know a solid raw team, and you get a, a, a dud penalty like that. You know, I think just before that. Uh, I think uh, they'd given away a, f- a free kick. I think um, it was a red card for um, ECS. So ECS did But he ran over and it was just overzealous. He just smashed into him like rugby league, did a tackle on him and got a yellow. And it was a yellow and, and, it, was, and it was a second yellow, so he got red carded, so I understand. But I don't know if the referee then was a bit rolled up because of that you know, clumsy, silly tackle for the red, but definitely not. I, I don't. I don't feel it was. So I think if the ref had uh, made the right decision, I think that was the turning point. And unfortunately for Adelaide, it cost them two points, but for the Raw, it gained them one. And uh, what would I have changed? So Joe Knowles has been a player that has really excited me this season with his speed and direct style of play. But you don't start him, and he gets thirty minutes. I don't mind uh, Milanusic. I think he's a he's a good player, but he's a. But I, I definitely feel that Joe Knowles is a better foil for uh, Charlie Austin. Um, and I also think I'm never playing a back five, so I'd push one or two defenders into midfield. I, I just that formation playing a back five. That's just like I don't know, just battening down the hatches and, and hoping that uh, when there's the, all the fire and the grenades and everything coming over, that you guys just hide in the bunker and hope that nothing gets you. So I think fortune favors the brave. I didn't like that. Uh, I think they got lucky getting a one-one draw, and I think there it wasn't from good luck. It was uh, from good management. It was from good luck. Well, if, if rumours are correct, Warren Moon might not have that issue this week because uh, Charlie Austin could have may well have played his last game for the Raw. That's that's just a rumour floating around. So I don't know what's going on there. There's definitely something happening behind the scenes, but, um, we'll, we'll, you know. Well, what you're hoping is, look, I, I hope for the Raw's sake he's still there, but if he does leave the Raw, I hope another A-League club snaps him up. Unless look, unless he's causing problems, and I'm not saying he is. If he if he is, well, the league's better without a player that is causing problems. So you know, I don't know the story, but if it's simply that he's had a falling out with Moon, which you know other players have had before, sometimes there's a full moon and people don't sometimes like it. They go crazy. They go howling. Yeah, yeah, they start howling and go crazy. But uh, if it is simply just a difference of personality or a difference of of the way you work, then I definitely like one of the other clubs, like it did with uh, Hey Roli. Definitely like with Bruno to keep him in the league because he is a classy player. But look. 
like I said, I didn't like what I saw from that um, in, you know, inside A-League or whatever, that behind the scenes. So if that's what you're showing and that was week one or week two and they haven't been winning games, well... Imagine what week seven's like. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what <laughs> I'd be thinking. So moving on to the first of the, uh, the three Saturday games, it was the Wellington Phoenix up against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Tell us about this one, VIG. Yeah, look, a little underwhelming this one down at uh, Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Oh, oh, the question goes, why are they playing there in the first place? It's a Wellington home game. I know it was to say thank you to the to Wollongong for hosting them for for the last two seasons, but it was also to experience playing on sand. It, to play, it's a beach <laughs> beach soccer. Yeah, honestly, like just just play at home. But you're back in you're back in uh, Wellington. Play at home. Um, you know, it's a much nicer ground. Let's just get on with it. You know, you could have just done a social media post or sent him a postcard to say thank you but i, I don't think you had to play Look, right. oh, if, if the pitch if the pitch was in immaculate condition then fair play but the pitch was absolute disaster like if you if i was an mpl player and i rock up to that pitch i'd you, you just you, you look at, you, you look to, at each other and go you are an mpl player yeah i know and, and if i play <laughs> and, if, and if i had to play on that pitch yeah. against wollongong wolves so you're refusing I'll, to play on that game on that ground oh I would love to refuse to, but I probably couldn't. But that's why you're VIG, though. But Very honestly, I need, I need I need red carpet. But honestly, <laughs> that, that pitch is not up to standard. It's not up to MPL standard. It's not up to you know. That's not an under twelves pitch. Honestly, that's no, it's, I'm with it's you. absolutely I think, disgusting. I think the sediment was and right to thank people for something, but not if it, if it, if but the, if the facilities if aren't it, up to, if to it's not, A if league standard. If yep. it's not right, you got to do it another time. So Look, I'm offering from to play in my backyard. There's not a lot of room because of the pool and 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 the, and the rocks and whatever. But at I'm least offering the grass, at least the grass is flat. Yeah, it is. True. All right. Anyway, <laughs> really that, the enough enough of that. Enough of that. And and look, coming off the World Cup momentum to to dish out that just a disaster. I think. All right. Fill in the facts. But. Game finished one all. Uh, goals to Wellington open the scoring with uh, Krayev in the 61st. That's um, his fourth or fifth of the season. He's going good. He's going all right, isn't he? He's he's just uh, he's a bit under the radar, but he's 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 not a bad. He's, player. he's been a good find. Yeah, he's very good find. And uh, equaliser for Western Sydney was uh, Yeni Engakoto in his first start. Yep, in his first start. So and he's also my player of the match. So he's a he's a player that's come across from Nancy, who were relegated from League Two last year. So they had a they had a very tough season in League Two. Um, but they also had a, a very decent side. They had some very good players. So he's come across. It's taken him a little bit to, to find his feet, but um, he's finally got his first start, uh, scores a goal. All right, it was from a free kick that was probably a cross, but snuck into the the back post. And, um, you know, I, I thought he was, was quite good all the game, and, and he's going to be a, a real threat for the Wanderers if he if he stays fit. So looking well, forward to seeing a bit more of him. Definitely. What do you think of uh, Thomas's brilliant save early on in the game? Oh, great save. Absolute class, isn't Honestly, it? It goes to show the goalkeeping that, talent and depth we have here. That, and, that, and that's, you know, to, to to make the finals or to go on and win the league, you need a goalkeeper that's going to pull off saves like that. So, um, no, he was fantastic again. Turning point uh, for you. Turning point for me. So they brought Ninko on straight after they went 1-0 down. Um, he comes on, they get back in the game, and then he goes off injured. That, that just... It just the it just it, What the foot? It kills all the momentum. I'm thinking... He's obviously hasn't been good enough to start, so why risk him? You know, it's not like you were. Yeah, two, one one. It looks down. like it's a great move, but then when he goes off injured, when he goes it off injured, uh, you know, like I, I think they if he stays on and he you know creates something else that they might go on and win that match as well. So um, that that was a turning point for me. You know, ended up one all. Um, what would I have changed? <laughs> the pitch. Honestly, you, you can you can you can you can plan all you want as a coach. You can change formations. You can uh, change players. You can bring players in, bring players out. But on a pitch like that, 
honestly. You just take it, free it, it kicks. Just, you just do bigger sandcastles yeah, when you do yeah, free kicks. Honestly, it just makes for terrible football. And the players deserve better. The fans deserve better. And I just don't want to see it again this year in the league. All right, just before we move on to the next game, the fire encounter at the end. What'd you make of that? Bit uh, bit juicy, wasn't it? Ollie Sale and, and Marcelo. Well, all of a sudden it was, it was just I, kicking I, off. At the start, who who was it? Was it and then even Scotty Wooten who got a little bit fired up there and uh, and but Marcelo just looked like it was, it, oh, know, he was a man on a mission. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd square up to him. He's a he's a big unit. Um, Ollie didn't yeah. seem too bothered by it though, did he? No, he's a bit of a. He yeah. looks like a bit of a nutcase. I'll say. Dead sad. I don't know what he's doing, but no, he, wasn't, he wasn't backing down. And I wouldn't got, be choosing both, either of those both guys. Skip, both skip, Yeah, no, I'd be going. I'd for, be going um, for looking for Josh Nisbet or one of those, or, yeah, yeah, or Barbarossa, some, someone small. <laughs> someone yeah. you can stand over yeah, the top yeah, of. Hundred percent. All right, so oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> moving on to the uh, the second of the Saturday games. So it was a cracking game between Sydney FC and uh, Melbourne City. What happened here? It was. I, I wish we had uh, six of these fixtures because it, it was an absolute cracker. Two quality teams. Nice um, crowd. Great crowd. Uh, you know, not not wasn't ridiculous crowd, but it was good enough for for an A League fixture. Stadiums beautiful stadium, uh, pitch immaculate. Uh, you know, got a nice uh, sprinkling before the game. So, what do you think of the uh, the black kit, Sydney's black kit? I don't know if it's worn it this year, but uh, with the the colourful numbers, yeah, the sun sunset I sunset kit. Yeah, I, actually, I, I, I liked it. I, I thought, thought it was fantastic. Thought it, was too. it looks classy. It looks like look. If anything, it probably sometimes it, it just looked like it's from another league. Yeah, it was it, so good. It was good. really. I nice. did. I did like it. Uh, so the final score: two one to Sydney. Um, goals to J Mac opening scoring with a penalty in the twenty second. Uh, Lolly equalising in the twenty third, and then Lafondra with the winner in the sixty first. So good um, old Alfie, good old Alfie he comes on, comes on, yep. comes on, scores the winner. Uh, my player of the match was Max, Max Burgess. Um, probably fortunate that he actually got a start with uh, Robert Mack being out injured or, or sick or something. So uh, he he came in, but I thought he was bri- uh, brilliant. He's he's got pillows for feet. This bloke, honestly, but based, but based on the way he played against Celtic, he oh deserved, yeah, yeah. He, he, deserved, he deserved the start. He, he anyway. deserved an yeah. opportunity. He did, he did, and he, I think he's been good all season, even when he's come on. Uh, off the bench, uh, he had four key passes, one big chance created. Um, I, I would, I'd honestly, I'd love to see him play a little more central though, just in behind, maybe a front two. If they want to go with two up top, play Max in behind, and, and maybe play a diamond midfield or go back to their four two two two. Okay. Um, but I'd love to see him a, a little bit more central, getting on the ball a bit more because, um, you know, he's a, he's a phenomenal talent and and he's he's so good with his feet he's, and he's so calm on the ball. So touche. Love to see that a bit more. Uh, turning point for me. Uh, City, you go, you go one 0 up with a penalty, and then you concede straight away a minute, a minute later. So we all know, you know, most teams that, that you're so vulnerable after you score a goal, you switch off for that split second, and you know teams can pounce, and and, and that's what happened. Um, Do you, you put know. that down to the fact though, when Chris Norbo's there, that never happened? Yeah, oh, I, I think I think so, possibly. He, I, he, I haven't he seen that from a City team. No. Okay, that's not to say they win every game, but usually with City, they once they've got dominance, they control the game. Yeah, it lasted one minute. Hundred percent. One one minute. You, you can't concede. You can't score and then concede straight from the kickoff. This is going like, to be tough without Patrick Snorbo. I, I, I think. It, I think it is. And this goes into my next point. What would I have changed? And if I'm Rado Vidicic, I, I think I'm buying a PK mask or something and wearing <laughs> it on the on the sidelines because uh, <laughs> he's got to get the players to start listening to him. Right? What would you have changed? You just say when Patrick says I want to leave and go to France, you say no. Yeah, that's like, what you would change. Look, this no disrespect to Rado, but I think City. I, I think if if they're going to challenge again, I think they're going to have to replace Chris Norbo with with someone a little bit younger and a bit more progressive, right? 
Not his son, though. Not his He's doing well, the women's team. Is that what you meant? I didn't no, know. If no, no, no. I didn't I'm know just, if it's no, a, no, no, a just, younger Vitasic. No, not a not a younger. I'm just saying someone someone okay. younger. Sorry, yeah, I misread I, what you were saying. Honestly, I, I feel like <laughs> the game the game's changed so much, and I, I feel like City have gone back in time having having right over the helm. There's no disrespect to him. He was a great coach, right? He, he he's he's coached for many years, but I just think they need to bring someone else in. Okay. Is that it? That's it. I'm done. That's all. That's I'm going a, home. That's your change. All right. Before we move on, though, what do you think of Tom Glover's yellow card? Ah, oh, look, it, it was it was just a, a bit of a brain snap, wasn't it? He's, he's come. How he's can come it be out. a yellow card? That should be red. Yeah, he's coming out. I, I think. I, I, I think. I, I think the ball just got. Use your hands. I think the ball just got stuck in his hands. But it's like a, a player running through right and hitting it with his hand and saying, "I play basketball on weekends or PS 5 Yeah, look, I understand. If it was in the middle of the box, like if he was in front of the box, maybe maybe then. But he was out towards the sideline. It's literally it was just a professional hit him foul. Up. It, yeah, look, I, I'm, knew, I'm comfortable. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he, he 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 got away with it, but I'm comfortable with it being a yellow and, and not being a red. All right, moving on to the last of the Saturday games. It was uh, the Perth Glory hosting Western United. Final score was 2-1 to the home team, and they were pretty good value for their win. The goals came to Ryan Williams uh, in the 14th minute. Jack Clisby extended their lead to 2-0 in the 52nd with a pearler. And uh, Neil Kilkenny got a consolation goal in the 83rd, but they were unable to uh, peg uh, Perth Glory back. The player of the match for me was Ryan Williams. Uh, he was a thorn in Western United's side all evening. He had a little luck with his goal, but he called Jamie Young into action numerous times, and it means if you're attacking, the other team can't be. So I think he, he was always up the right end of the pitch attacking and did a lot of work, and I think he also tracked back really well. So I think uh, excellent game from him, and I think uh, it goes to show why they chased him so hard to bring him back to, to Australia. The uh, turning point for me was both teams played very defensive and in the 60th minute, Aloisi rang in the offensive changes, but Glory had already bunkered down and were ready for what was coming at them. So 60 minutes in, you've already gone, okay, we've got control of this game. Perth were settled. Usually Perth are normally under the pump and they're just trying anything to get something out of the game, but they were actually really organised. I don't know what they've done during the uh, the break in the World Cup. I don't know if they've been watching heaps of highlights of the World Cup and watching how everyone gets behind the ball or what they've been doing. But, uh, yeah, they, they did a hell of a job. So I think, you know, it was too little too late for John Aloisi and it was really strange because they had majority of the possession considering last year they would always give up possession and get them on the counter. I think Perth's done a, a, done a, a Western United on Western Aloisi. United. Yeah, I think they have. And uh, the uh, what I would have done to change things is, look, I wouldn't have played Priovic, who hasn't played this season and doesn't look uh, uh, look fit or 100% fit up front by himself with only James Troisi in behind. That They lack speed and he was too static. So for me, if you're going to play a, an underdone Priovic and he's good enough to do that, play three up front with him as your target um, or a more mobile forward line and bring him on when they have when the, team, the opposition's a little bit yeah, tired. Push, push uh, Connor Payne and Lockie Wales up into the three play, and, like, and then play, th- you know. When Australia three, played three. like that and they, they put Juki up there who ran, you know, from one side of the pitch to the other, Previch doesn't do that. So you're going to have him up front putting zero pressure on the, the defending team and you have, uh, you know, Troisi, James Troisi who, looked to be honest, you know, probably did a lot more running when he was four years ago than he does now. He's, he's a creative player you've brought him in for. So you've got two guys up front who are sitting on the bus, right, but they're not actually, uh, you know, they're not pedalling. So I don't know. I, for me, I, I just thought it was a, a weird formation. I, at the moment, I'm not liking anything coming out of the West, out of Western United. And I think, you know, for Perth, it was a really good win for them against uh, last year's champions. But uh, moving on to the uh, F3 derby, uh, Central Coast Mariners versus uh, the Newcastle Jets. So the final score was a 2-1 win to the away team, Newcastle Jets. The goals coming to for Trent Bahaja in the 12th minute. 
Jason Cummings equalising in the 53rd, and then the winning goal coming from Becker Mikkel Tatsa in the 66th. For me, the uh, player of the match was young Daniel Stein, snapped up from the glory uh, in the off-season, had a great game. He's first for the club, I believe. He had an assist uh, for Bahaja's opening goal and was a real handful until being replaced with 20 minutes remaining, but I think he'd given everything he had and he was a bit spent, especially considering that uh, the weather in Sydney was fantastic on the weekend. So I think uh, after having a few weeks off too, he'd just given everything on the uh, odometer that he could and he was rewarded with a with a well-earned break. No, he, he was brilliant and we saw glimpses of, of him being good at, at Perth. So, um, that, you know, Newcastle snapped him up. He was great, um, you know. It was one of those days where some players would probably prefer to be at the beach than, than on a football pitch. But, um, you know, given the weather in, in, in Sydney and, and, and up in Gosford, so beautiful beautiful day. Palm trees were, were flowing and, um, you know, it was, it was a great game. And, and you know, Bahaja, that, that finished a lovely ball from Steins and uh, to go 1-0 up and then Mikko Tadze with the winner. Oh, look, I hope you know, not only do the Mariners learn from this because, you know, as we said, they're always in every game, but I hope the Jets do because the Jets are so hot and cold the last two seasons and, you know, when you, when you see a good result, you're hoping they're backing it up and they don't and then all of a sudden a game they should win, they're losing. So I just hope that this kick starts. They've got a lot of quality across the pitch and I just hope that, that this starts a run of wins or at least a run of quality performances from the Jets. Well, they've got a game in hand as well. So if they win that game in hand, I think they can go up to third. So. They're in the mix, yep. The uh, turning point for me was the 75th minute when uh, Josh Nisbet's equaliser was disallowed after uh, Michael Ruse had had been judged to have uh, handled the ball. I think they got the decision right, but I think that took the stuffing out of uh, the Mariners, considering they were chasing their tails. Uh, you know, from the from the 12th minute, they finally equalised in the 53rd. Then they go behind the 66th, and then they've equalised. You know, nine minutes later, and I think that would have given them a, a strong a strong chance of coming home and maybe even stealing all three points. But I think once that went against them, I think that was their last uh, half puff, and I think they just ran out of gas. For me, what I would have done to try and change this game is, and we've touched on this, you know, prior to the World Cup break, I would have unleashed Qual um, from the kickoff just to see what happens, if nothing else. And that's nothing against Paul Ayonga. He's done nothing wrong, but I'd give this kid a chance to show what he can do, do or can't do. You think do. he's? Do you think he's not starting him because he knows he's he's going to lose him in January? Is that? Is that, I don't is that know. The plan? Is the plan for him to go over to, to Newcastle in January? It could well be, but you know what? If you're sitting top of the table, right, you can bring anyone in. The confidence will be in the squad. If you're not winning games in your table, you're sitting down towards the bottom of the table. When you bring anyone in, experienced, in? non-experienced, you're still going to struggle. It, players come into teams that are doing well, and it's easy to find your feet because okay, you're nervous, but the team has got such a good morale that they ca- carry you along, and you know you kind of. At the moment, I, I think that uh, I don't know what they're waiting for. Is he never going to start a game before he leaves and goes to Newcastle? So, look, Montgomery's done a hell of a job there. I think he's a great coach. But for me, just give the kid a crack. Just look, And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And, and he may fall flat on his face because at the moment he's not quite experienced yet. But look, in the World Cup, he was good enough to, to turn his player and, and, and potentially you know equalise against Argentina. And they're for some of the best players in the world. So I'm pretty sure he's a half a chance of being able to turn some of the A-League defenders. Oh, he has. He's turned him. He's turned him around in circles when he's come on. So, look, like like I said, we want to see him play full game. Uh, we want to see him from the start. So, you know, give us something. Come on. And the last game of the round was Macarthur Bulls versus uh, Melbourne Victory. Uh, that was the second Sunday game. What happened here? Oh, I don't know. Please remind me never to watch a Macarthur home game again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, look, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It finished one 0 to the victory. Uh, the winner to Ben Falami in the eighty fourth minute. Um, just I don't know MacArthur just so uninspiring at home. Just I, I, I don't know if it's the venue, if it's the players, if it's the coach. Um, 
you know, they, they should. They this should is the second be, year they should be much, They should be much it? better. They're so flat at home. Like, yeah. but this that, is that's got to be a fortress for them, right? Yeah. And if they want to be successful in the league, they need to win at home. And it's just so disappointing to watch every time I, I watch a MacArthur home game, I walk away from it thinking, why did I do that? So, anyway, my, my, my player of the match, it, look, it could have gone to a handful of victory players. I, I thought their, their attackers uh, were all good. Nani had a good game. Uh, Brimmer was, was decent. Uh, D'Agostino worked tirelessly up top. But uh, for me, it's it's Ben Falami. He came on, he made the difference, um, scored the winner and could have had a penalty as well. I was so going to say to you on that, when uh, Ushkok uh, had his hands on him in the 60th that's minute. That's a pen. That's a, that's pen. a pen for me. That's oh, for a, that's me, too. Well, the only way you got him off the ball is and because you pushed him. Yeah, you put your hand in his back and he's fallen over in the in the penalty box. Look, so if you grab or something and they maybe try and milk it, I'm okay with that. But when no. there's a force, well, he's, he's, it's really simple, isn't it? If you're running and you get pushed in the back, you're yeah. going to fall over. So um, 100%, that was, that was a penalty for me. Um, the turning point was was bringing Falami on for Fornaroli because I found his ability to run in behind uh, the defence really threatened MacArthur and, and it really opened them up a bit. So, um, you know, Bruno's a, a great player. In his own, but he, he's he's got a different style now. He doesn't have that pace, that explosiveness to to go in behind a defence. He wants the ball to feet. So yeah, but the um, upside of getting a player, obviously, you know, during the season is the fact that you strengthen your your um, stocks and you've got a, a better squad. But also, if you haven't done pre season together, um, then you struggle to understand how your teammates play, yeah. what what you, what, what co- the way the coach coaches. And I know they've had a few weeks off, obviously, with uh, with the break with the World Cup, but it just seems like maybe it hasn't been long enough. But what I did also find really funny was the commentator said here with all the big, some of the big names that have gone off, you know, for and some of their strike weapons that have gone off for victory. I'm not sure where the goal is going to come from here. And pretty much as soon as he said that, the ball was Flamey played through and Flamey scored. Yeah, it was, it was quite funny. It was a, he was a kiss of death, that guy. So, uh, all right, what did you... Uh, what did you think the turning point was in the game? Oh, the so turning point was the Falami. That was a Falami, Falami for Fornaroli substitute. And uh, what would what, you have changed? Look, mate, Dwight York needs to change his hat. I'll tell you what, he, he can't be wearing his own branded DY hats on the bench. Just absolutely amateur, I think. Mate, like, I, you're coaching MacArthur. Wear a MacArthur hat or, or wear a plain one. Don't don't go pumping your own brand up on the sidelines. Everybody honestly. thinks that I've set this up, but I promise I haven't. You are a massive hypocrite. We have so much football revolution merch, and you're wearing some New York Yankees <laughs> wankies or whatever you're wearing, right? I you've got every color under the rainbow, hats, shirts, everything, merch, and everything, and you don't wear them, and they're just like two meters away from oh, you in your all, cupboards. All night, Dwight's getting. He must be getting. No, nah, mate, getting, you're very harsh. I'm going to defend right. Dwight York here because you do all exactly right. what he does, and you know what? He's he's all night, Dwight. Bling bling. So are you because you're vig, right? So, mate, I reckon you should be backing him up here, not knocking him down. All right, look, I would be backing it, backing 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 him up if he started Craig Noon. What's why is Craig Noon not starting? Yeah, what's going on? Is he injured? Is he is he not fit? Uh, is he too old? Is he too slow? What's the go? Honestly, because you need a play. I think up top they they still lack a bit of experience, and a player like Craig Noon brings that experience to a team like that. Yeah, most certainly. All right, that's the end of our revolutionised roundup. Uh, as we said, there's no player escape room this week. We've given the lads all the week off. But up after the break, we have our World Cup review featuring our Peely Awards. Catch you after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've got plenty to get through. I think we've only got 25 minutes or something. Vig last year, last week we did a, a double double. Yeah, last week we went. Uh, in, in, you love your NBA. We went triple, 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 double overtime or something last week. So. Uh, I think uh, that means we're getting paid one cent an hour. So um, and, I, and I couldn't, still couldn't hit a winner. 
That's <laughs> true. So this week uh, we're going to smash through this World Cup uh, review featuring our Peely Awards as well as our uh, clinical finish, which will include our uh, Welcome Back TFR Fantasy. But uh, my interesting facts from the tournament this week, there was so much entertainment and material uh, to make you laugh, cry, or just think, wow. We're going to do a quick top 10. You ready for me to smash this out? Let's go. Okay. Number 10, our group prediction sucked, and with Brazil and Spain exiting the knockout stages, we have tipped no semi-finalists. Absolute disaster. Ouch. How how, <laughs> Bra- how Brazil are not – how how did they lose that game to Croatia after that? But how are two anyone? decent football judges not able to get one out oh, of four? Two peckerheads, mate. That's why. <laughs> All right. Number nine, official FIFA post on Twitter, 6th of December. What do you call a herd of goats? A messy – I'm not sure. It was almost as good as when I walked into the uh, into the coffee shop today, and I said, "Can you tell me what is Messi? What sort of milk does Messi have in his coffee?" And they went, "Don't know." I said, "Goat's milk, isn't it good?" Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> I'm getting a goat latte tomorrow morning. So what? Yeah, what is a herd of goats? No idea. I don't know either. I've got no idea, honestly. A messanina. I don't know. All right, moving on. Number eight, the World Cup's golden rules to win the trophy in the 21st century. Number one, prioritise a sturdy defence. And number two, maximising transitions. Only Brazil and England tick both boxes. Scrap that. <laughs> is that, is that, the, is that the, the unlucky charm? No idea. So I, I, that's I, been I, the winners. That's been the winners' formula for the 21st century. And the only two that got the tick was those two. Brazil and, and England. And, they, and, they're and gone they're, they're straight gone. Yeah, they, they had concerns about everybody else in one of those other categories. So obviously it, it varied from, from team to team. But uh, that's the way it went. Yeah, well... That's not the way it goes. All right, number seven, Morocco's King Mohammed the sixth wearing the team jersey while travelling in his motorcade. Brilliant, all class. I oh, love that. How good, honestly, isn't it? Honestly, and I, I, I had a game in uh, in Brighton in in Sydney uh, over the weekend on Sunday, and driving down there and uh, saw a few Moroccan flags flying out the back of windows. So. I know that Brilliant. might seem expected, but uh, someone of that that stature, you know, a royalty like that doesn't have to. To do it just goes to show the pride he has in the nation, right? It was brilliant. So, yeah, it, it, it's good to see. I'd, I'd love to see our uh, Prime Minister doing that. Number six, Cameroon striker who got the se- who got a second yellow for taking his shirt off to celebrate his winning goal against the Samba Kings due to time-wasting, got a red card, but Argentina and Netherlands can waste time walking up to each other, trash-talking to delay the penalty takers or put the keeper off. A much worse look for the game. It wasn't UFC. Why, why do these guys allowed to do that in time waste, but no, you can't no reg- for ripping your shirt off and showing your six-pack like the Cameroonians? No red cards in the Argentina-Netherlands game. I think there was something like 17. No, there was a red during the shootout. Oh, was there? Dumfries didn't show how smart he was. Dumfries got sent off for two bookable offences, but I, I don't know. During the shootout? Yeah, during the shootout, Dumfries got Oh, ripped. I didn't see that. But yeah, I, I, There yeah. was something like something ridiculous, 16 uh, yellow cards and, and also one to someone on the bench, one of the coaches, so 17. Don't jump the gun. Number five, Argentina players poking fun at their defeated opponents. Messi and Martinez taking aim at the ref and Van Gaal. 48 fouls, 16 yellows and one red. What was in the water bottles? I don't know. I've got, I got no issue with the players taking it, having a go at Van Gaal or at each other. Like, what about when it, they're in the, the halfway and they're doing the like the, this and that? Like, I got, honestly, I got, I got no, no problem with it at all. There's, there's obviously there's a bit of bad blood between Van Gaal and Di Maria. But this, uh, this Van was Gaal, like a South American. This clash. is Van Gaal and and goes back to Van Gaal and, and Raquel May when Raquel May was at Barca. Van Gaal was the coach. Messi's good mates with Raquel May. Um, look, honestly, it's a World Cup. Like they, these Argentinian players, they, they've been dreaming of this all their life, right? Of, of winning a World Cup and you've got to do what you've got to do. It takes what it takes and, uh, you know, people people come out and saying, you know, it's unsportsmanlike, all this, but in the heat of the battle, 
uh, whatever goes, goes, I think. Okay. Number four, Spain and uh, Japan's inability to take a penalty. Spain, well, something like a thousand passes against Morocco. All right. And and they couldn't even pass one into the back of the net from 12 yards out. Same with Japan. And Japan as well. Technically brilliant. These footballs are technically brilliant. Um, I don't know what it we've is. We've seen this before, though. We? We've seen it, uh, you know, how many times. When it comes to penalties, um, they, they just, you know, they just will. Number three, Kane's launch sequence confirms that it's not coming home, but the ball he hit may be on its way, which Giroud and, team, and his teammates were very clear in pointing out. Yeah, look, oh, yeah, he's taken one brilliant penalty and, and one terrible pr- penalty, and, and that's what pressure can do to you. Um, Why not pass it up? Pass the pass. Yeah, we, we, we know we, what a party when you, and you just keep passing around. They say, stop, it. pass, yeah. stop. Just pass oh. the ball around, and then someone else gets it, and then you just, and the coach can just call out, stop. Yeah, I understand. But the, the first one he took was so convincing, but, you know, obviously – um, Mate, I'm a numbers l- man. I'm from I'm a finance background. Okay, one penalty, good odds. Two penalties, lower odds. And if he'd equalise and it goes to a shootout, he's taking lower. a third penalty. And to throw in to throw in another denomination there, Hugo Lloris is your club goalkeeper you've played with for the last ten years, which means he's probably taken forty thousand penalties against you. The fact that it's Lloris and he's, he's probably taken, like you said, forty thousand penalties in training, day in day out against him. Lloris knows him. Inside out. Um, it's yeah. great for us to be experts after the event, but that's. I just think, like I said, it's a numbers game. Who would you have given it to? Who should they have passed it to? Oh, Does the coach jump God. in here, Southgate jump in and say, hey, you've already taken one, Kane. We, we want uh, Sucker to... Yeah, look, they've obviously got a, they've obviously got a plan. That they, they know before the game that Harry Kane is the number one penalty taker, right? Um, whether it's you, you take it until you miss... Is that is that the way it goes, or or if you, you you know you take the first one, if the second one comes, if you're confident, you take it again. I can tell the you there'll, there'll be a new rule in the in, the, they're, in England they're camp have going to change forward. Something. Now for now, it'll be one pen only. That's all. Like like when you go to the supermarket during COVID and they say toilet paper, you can only take what, two. one roll. Yeah, one roll. That's exactly <laughs> what it'll be. <laughs> all right, and uh, the number two in our uh, top ten is Morocco's party time. Firstly, uh, at is it Akraf? Akraf Hakimi. Hakimi's runs over to his mum, kissing and hugging her after his penalty knockout. Uh, his penalty knocked out Spain, and then to top it off, Buffal dances with his mum after ending Portugal's journey. Uh, what it also shows is that uh, the penguin celebration is more effective than the pigeon. <laughs> oh God, that's good. Yeah, look, it's 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 brilliant to see. Um, you know, parents of players play a play a huge role in their in their upbringing and their, their life. So. Um, to see them, you know, to see them dancing with their with their mothers after the game and running over, hugs and kisses, tears flowing, um, it's just beautiful to see. This is this, this, this is even this another level. Like when we watched Juki, right, and he ran over to his son and, uh, and 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 yeah, and he was you know doing signals to his son. That was one thing. But having your mum out there dancing on the pitch, yeah, I tell you what, the, the mum's the mum's got moves though. Yeah, she does. Pretty I, good, honestly. Like Jagger, yeah, very good. And the number one uh, for our top ten, which I just absolutely love, my favourite, and I couldn't go past, hence why it's our number one, was even Perisic's son, Leo, consoling Neymar after uh, Croatia had knocked out Brazil. And a special mention, mention for the security guard, who was a massive tool. You've got a little kid running over with his, with, his, uh, with his sister, and he jumps in front of him like it's some crazy fan or something, right? Like, honestly, what could the little kid have done? He was only up to Neymar's kneecaps. Now, look, actually, in saying that, he, he might have rolled around if he'd hit him too hard, but what was the security guard doing? Yeah, security guard's absolute bell end, but let, 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 let's, let's be honest. Hats off to Neymar, right? 
Um, you, you've just been knocked out of a World Cup. He's in tears. He's shattered. Um, but he he look he he, he realizes that it's uh, Perisic's son. Takes the time to you know say hello to him. I think gets a photo with him or something like that. So um, you know just goes to show Neymar's character. Yeah, brilliant. All right, that's the end of our uh, top ten. So this week's Peely Awards is our spin on the 1995 American comedy Kicking and Screaming starring Will Ferrell and Robert Duvall. The footage explaining more on the full video show. Uh, in last week's awards, the listeners voted and Team VIG tied it up at 1-1 after he was awarded a comprehensive 4-1 thumping. So I got 3-2 win last week. But, uh, you've so tied I'm up, up on aggregate. You are, but uh, we've still got this big. This week's big, right? Because next week will be our uh, our final uh our final Peely Awards, and that's where we'll, we'll um, award our winners of each of the categories. But uh, this is our this is make or break this week. So make sure, listeners, you get in and tell us which ones you like because it could mean that one of us is uh, eating humble pie and the other one's carrying around the trophy. So, all right, um, the best goal of a double Ronnie. So for me, there was a couple of uh, you know nice goals. So there was the the uh, the opener for France against England. There was also. Um, uh, one of the, uh, I think it was the uh, consolation goal for Korea against Brazil from uh, Song Ho's uh, power driver. But for me, it has to be Richarlson again. He may not have a World Cup, but a, have a World Cup, but a strong, he has a strong case for goal of a tournament. He juggles it on his head, fantastic touch, and then precision passing sets him up to uh, put it in the back of the net. Reminds me of that classic Wilshire goal, Jack Wilshire for Arsenal, uh, and then he feeds the pigeons uh, with his teammates as well as with the gaffer. <laughs> I hope uh, Ro Keane's not listening because he's gonna be fu- he's gonna be fuming. <laughs> yeah, he was at, pretty at upset, the celebrations, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't um, very happy, was he? Uh, look, was a, a fantastic goal. Um, you know, just to, to control it on your head and then and then flick it flick it around to to your teammate, um, and then a little one two or, or sort of I think a ball goes inside and gets played to him. He makes a, a great run in the box. So fantastic goal. They they scored a couple of good goals in that game. Um, you know, so. I think he would have traded uh, his goals in for them to still be in the tournament, oh, but uh, it's not meant to be. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But for me, there, there were two other goals that that really stood out for me. Are you gonna are you gonna um, throw these in? Are you? Are you gonna do your double header? Are you gonna um, use your double 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 down here? Yeah, I might actually. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. Double down. I'm, I'm gonna double down. So okay, double down. The first one was uh, in the Netherlands Argentina game to make it two all. Uh, Weghorst, that set piece to do that in you know what was it the ninety eighth minute or something like that. Um, that takes that takes a bit of you Big know what, you know yeah, what so um, you know because y- you do that and you and you mess it up and it, it doesn't go doesn't work doesn't work out uh, you got ego on your face so um, I just thought that that was brilliant to to do that uh, nice little reverse pass Wighurst his his first touch isn't great um, but I have seen this he has done this before for Werder Bremen okay so. I don't know if it's if it's if he's brought that into the squad and said, "Can we try this?" Going up to the gaffer and said, "Can we try this free kick? See if it works." But um, brilliant because he's done it before for for Werder Bremen. Um, so that that's that's my first one. Uh, the second one, which I think this, when we look back on this goal in, in you know 10, 15, 20 years time, I think this will be one of the greatest. Maybe not the greatest, but it'll be one of the best World Cup goals. Mate, you're I've selling seen. this Give, hard. Given, aren't you? given you're selling cir- this hard. Given the circumstances, right? Yeah. Is it, and, there's and a lot to play for here, and you're absolutely living this one we're, up. We're talking. This is extra time. Uh, this player is is carrying the weight of a nation, right? And to do this, to step up in extra time and, and score a goal like this, Neymar's goal versus Croatia, uh, he equals Pele's uh, record of 77 goals for Brazil. But just brilliant. Two two one two passes. He gets into the box. He gets pushed in the back. 
So he, so you know, most players probably go down there and and take the penalty. He stays. I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't too. He stays. <laughs> he stays on his feet. Then he has to round the keeper, and then he has to have the vision to know. All right, I've got to roof this because if I roll this along the ground, there's a there's another defender coming and sliding down. And Neymar thought the rule for FIFA rule book was good firewood. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly, like to to score a goal like that in a World Cup and for it not to be a winner and for your team to get knocked out on penalties. That's just criminal for me, and and Brazil Brazil have 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 let Neymar down. So you've used your double chance here. You've uh, you've entered into the uh, the double. I've gone harder. I've gone harder. You've hit the double Ronnie with the double goal. You've put in Neymar as well as uh, Reghurst with uh, with your two two entrants against my one Richarlison. So we've, we've both got a Brazilian in there, but you've also got a, a Dutchman in there as well. So uh, that's our first uh, award, the best goal, the double Ronnie. So our best save, safe as a Banks, tribute to England legend Gordon Banks. What are you putting forward? Well, can this be saves or save or saves? Because I'm going with Dominic Lavakovic. Uh, he's, he's match against Brazil. Honestly, he's he's made four or five saves. Um, then on another day, did you watch any other games? Goals. Wait, this this was this was a this, this was like a, class, game this was a classic. Right. Mate. This was a classic one for the purists. Um, but he also made uh, two crucial saves against Japan in the in the round of sixteen shootout as well. So, if I, if I had to pick one save out of him, I think there was there was one actually against Neymar. Uh, he saves with his legs. Um, you know, on, on any other day, that's that's probably a goal. Okay, so my return fire. It uh, could have been Emilio Martinez versus Netherlands or Japan's keeper Gondas uh, in the match against Croatia. But what I've gone for is Bono, not the Irish rocker. But he's just as effective. In the 80th minute, he de- he denies a smart uh, Jao Felix drive to preserve Morocco's lead. It was critical. It was so important for his country in their chances of prog- uh, progressing to the semi-finals. Uh, and it was just yeah, absolutely a fantastic stop. And uh, it did exactly what his team needed him to do. Yeah, it was a beautiful day for Bono, wasn't it? <laughs> it was indeed. But uh, yeah, forget you too. This guy is you, me. He's uh, Bono and he's fantastic and he's led his team into the uh, semifinals of the World Cup 2022 in Qatar. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Atlas Lions. First uh, African nation to reach a semifinal in the World Cup. Is it? It is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Phenomenal. I'd said I thought it'd be thanks to the aircon, but uh, apparently uh, it's not. It's nothing to do with the aircon. It was just that they're they're playing fantastic football. I I thought definitely an African team. I said Senegal originally until uh, um, you know until Mane dropped out, and then I jumped on the Cameroon wagon wagon. But I totally forgot about Morocco, and they hadn't for, forgotten about it. They've just been powering along. So it's either Bono, the uh, the goalkeeper for Morocco. Or you've got the uh, Croatian goalkeeper. Lavakovic. Lavakovic, who's pulled off a million and one saves. So moving on to our third award, which is something outrageous, which is our Maradona kebab. You go for it. All right, I'm going to dish up two here. So this, I'm going to use my double down. Oh, you're going double down. All right. Yeah, I am. So the first one is Gonzalo Ramos replacing the exiled Ronaldo. He scores the only hat-trick to date in the tournament. Uh, considering the quality of players that are at the uh, the World Cup, it's a big, incredible, big feat. Uh, and what makes it even more impressive is he's only scored one goal for his country previously in a handful of appearances. So he's come in not for an injured Ronaldo, but for a, a Ronaldo who's been smacked on the bottom and told you're naughty, you're not playing anymore. Uh, so a lot of pressure there to come in and replace the greatest player for 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 Portugal and almost <laughs> the greatest player of all time. But you've come in, 
big 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 stage, big uh, big tournament and uh, big game, and you scored a hat trick. Now, like I said, I could have scored a hat trick against Switzerland. I thought they were the worst team in the last sixteen, and uh, they're guaranteed to get through to World Cup tournaments, but they don't normally progress very far, and they've kept to that uh, that mantle, even though they got out of their group. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that. Uh, it was a fantastic achievement from a young player, and look, he's not he's not Ronaldo, but uh, he did the job in that game. And I've teamed that with uh, in my my dual uh, nomination, a team like Spain unable to score a goal uh, in the penalty shootout with Morocco. Now, Luis Enrique was shocked that Spain had not completed their homework. A thousand pens taken. I'm not surprised because I saw the shootout. They definitely did a thousand passes, not a thousand pens for sure. That's for sure. Tell you what. Yeah, it was, it was quite embarrassing. And how about these stats? First half, they had 70% possession, 94% passing accuracy, and only one shot, which was off target. So one shot in the whole first half of that sort of dominance. And in the second half, it didn't read much better. It was 77% uh, possession, 90% passing, which is phenomenal passing accuracy. 13 shots and only one on goal. So I don't know what uh, what Luis Enrique, the commentators say, that Luis Enrique knows what he wants and what sort of football he wants to play, but does he know the rules? Yeah, the rules are a thousand passes equals one goal. So they won, They won. technically they won 1-0. They did. They called out to the referee, we've won, and he's like, no, you're down 1-0. He's like, no, a thousand passes. But look, I understand you want to pass the ball around and, and have a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, this is... This is not acceptable when you've had this much dominance and you can't actually uh, you've had one shot on target in the yeah, whole all, game. All the scoreboards in Spain have um, they don't have a uh, they have either possession possession uh, stats or um, they don't have the goal scoring stats. They have possession or passing stats. So once it gets to a thousand, <laughs> it ticks over and goes one. Surely, Luis Enrique, that's the final passing act for him. I think so. I think that's uh, that's curtains for him, and uh, I think they've already actually appointed a new manager. So okay, he's gone. He's out the door. All right, so what's your uh, what are you dishing up for Mar- Maradona kebab? Look, I'm putting a bit of a Moroccan flavour on mine, so okay. um, I'm I'm throwing it out there. Morocco have only conceded one goal all tournament, uh, which was an own goal from their uh, centre back Naif Agird. There's against, not many against there's, Canada. There's not many records in uh, in the, this World Cup that uh, Morocco can say they're not pleased with, but this defender that's, can. Yeah, he's the only guy yeah, that's beaten his own uh, keeper. He's only guy that <laughs> scored against Bono. Okay. Um, and uh, under their new coach, uh, Walid Regrawi, they've played eight games and kept uh, seven clean sheets. And a little fun fact I'll throw in, uh, Regrawi played at Grenoble with Olivier Giroud, the French goat. Mate, I thought you was going to say he's uh, he's played with the fake VIG, your brother who plays there. Yeah. Alex. Uh, same club, uh, Giroud's there and uh, Regrawi was there back in the day. So, um, yeah, phenomenal. So the world's the the the, the greatest uh, looking uh, greatest looking footballer as well as the uh, all time leading scorer for France played at the same uh, club as your brother. Correct. Amazing. All right. So uh, you either go for my double trouble, my Ramos uh, into the ticker uh, the ticky tacker passing of Spain, but they just don't know what the rules are or where the goals are, or we go for yours, which is just this unbelievable story and this ride this wave of Morocco who just can't concede goals. They're dancing with their family. They're kissing their family. They're just—it's—it's it's just a feel good for the family, isn't it? It's just an amazing story, and it continues. And look, to be honest, you, a mutual fan, besides wanting Messi to win, it couldn't begrudge Morocco being the first African team to take it out, could they? No, it'd be incredible, incredible feat. Um, but they've got a, a very tough game against France in the semi-final. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Mate, like I said, uh, everyone said this along the way, but uh, yeah, it is definitely a hurdle. It's uh, too big for them to climb. Our uh, second last award is our owning guitar. So different time of year, no beer, something you can only see here. What are you uh, putting forward? I'm going with uh, Brazilian winger Anthony has claimed that the aircon at the stadiums is causing players to get sick. 
Okay. You know, you know when you're in a hotel room and you, and you sleep overnight and, and the aircon's on and you wake up in the morning with a you know, sore throat? He, he's, he's blaming the aircon in the stadium, right? Yeah, but it could have been like with COVID where you wear masks everywhere. He could have wore a mask if he wanted. And played could it he? on. Yeah, it Brazil on, mask. It was on the bench, so he yeah, probably could have. If he wore a Brazil mask, like, you know, they've got teams and everyone wears these cool masks. They're not cool, right? COVID's not cool. It's not cool. Having any sort of mask is bad. Why would you want to go and have, uh, you know, themed Mask. I don't understand. Just no, give me the white, the white one from the doctor's surgery. I'm fine with that. If you're cold, just wear 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 some skins, right, mate. I've I've been to an AFL game in Canberra a few years back with my young fella to watch the uh, Mighty Hawks, and it snowed. There was snow on our legs. There was snow on the pizza box that he was he was eating from. There was I couldn't even feel my hands, and we still stayed and watched the game. And we didn't even have any uh, anything to do to keep us warm. We were just sitting there. So for him to say it's a little bit cold in the aircon, I think he's a little bit soft. I think he needs to toughen up a little bit, and I think he needs to go back to Van Targ and say, "Hey, I need uh, a couple of uh, spoonfuls of concrete because I'm a bit soft." Maybe you can take some from uh, the F3 uh, Derby Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Take a could. bite of that. Yeah, maybe you could look at that trophy and that make him feel a bit tougher. All right, so uh, my nomination is um, two of the greats, if not the Quinella. Both, you would say, with their last roll of a dice to win the Holy Grail for their country. Uh, this could settle the great debate, especially if they have uh, a showdown in the final. So this could resolve it once and for all. Messi's dream is still alive, whilst Ronaldo has left the building in tears. He did. He left pretty quickly too, didn't he? Oh, look, this could have been... The fairy tale story everyone wanted. Ronaldo versus Messi. It could have been, you know, like Batman versus Superman. It could have ended this once and for all, right? Is it uh, who, who's the greatest superhero? But instead, it was like two stories that were flipped upside down. You know, Messi starts off against Saudi Arabia and it just looked like this is going to be a nightmare World Cup for them. And by the time they've got to the round of 16, they've broken Australia's hearts and the Socceroos and taken out Australia. And then they've followed that up by taking out uh, the, the orange uh, of the Netherlands. Uh, and they just look like they're getting stronger and stronger, even though they are pretty much a one-man team. Well, yeah, it happened to Spain in 2010. I think they lost to Switzerland in the first game and went on to win it. So, who knows? Maybe that's a maybe that's a good sign for for Messi and Argentina. And per- Portugal was the total opposite. They started the first two games. Ronaldo was playing. He looked happy. He looked scoring like scoring goals. Yeah, he was scoring goals, and Cla- they were claiming cruising. claiming goals. Yeah, even though that, he hadn't touched his touched the front of his hair. Yeah, that te- technology. What a damn shame that they told him about that. Right? That's not obviously not a sponsor of his. The technology, <laughs> <laughs> but then all of a sudden they uh, they for whatever reason took their foot off the pedal in the uh, last group game against South Korea and got beaten. And then all of a sudden the coach decides, great idea, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to make a name for myself by dropping Ronaldo. And yeah, fair enough. Ramos, the young kids come in as we touched on and scored a a fantastic hat-trick, the only one of the tournament. But if you're telling me now that at this current point in time that Ramos is a better player and more chance of carrying your team through to the final than the great Ronaldo... I don't know what you're smoking, but I'd be uh, get going and hand it back to your dealer. No way. Eight, 800, <laughs> career, 800 career goals, uh, Champions League trophies, uh, phenomenal striker, phenomenal goal scorer. Um, to leave him out of a of a is this a World Cup? It's risk over reward. Right? There was there was no reward that could could justify leaving Ronaldo out. No. He's delivered time and time again. The other kid was a risk. Okay, he had a good game against Switzerland, but so what? They were awful, Switzerland. They were, yeah, the, they were absolutely terrible. Yeah, so I, I think that was a, a, an opportunity. And look, now Messi has the chance to go out uh, and and achieve something that uh, Ronaldo can't. And look, Ronaldo's now announced his international retirement. And I know that he said that this is, you know, probably the biggest disappointment of his career. 
but I think you know all Portuguese fans will still love him. He's still their greatest player of all time, and it wasn't from lack of trying. He's given everything. Whether you like him, okay, he's carried on like a bit of a pork chop towards the end of the tournament, the same as maybe he did because he felt hurt at uh, Man, Man United. He hasn't handled things very well, but um, you know I, I sort of see, see glimpses. His agent wasn't it? Uh, his agent died last year, so you start seeing. Oh, that that was that was uh, no no not not Ronaldo's agent, but his son. He lost the son. Yeah. Um. You know, his 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 wife was uh, due to have twins, and and they they lost the son at birth, and yeah, it's I, been I, tough. I, for I, him. I can't I can't imagine how that makes someone feel, and how the emotions that are, you know, going through his head at, at the moment, and and obviously he wanted to leave Man United in the summer, that didn't happen. He ended up staying, and you know, he obviously had a falling out with with Ten Hag and and the coaching staff, and um, it's obviously carried over into the World Cup now. He's not starting matches, not starting big matches, quarterfinals. Of a World Cup, so it's it's sad to see, but like you said, he's he's going to be remembered remembered as one as a run that one of the greatest players of all lo- time, lo- and lo- Portugal's and Portugal's greatest player of all lo- time. Long and short of it, to the Portuguese coach, I might not be a butcher, and he may be acting like a pork chop, but he's still a hundred percent quality beef, right? You should have played him over the other kid. You made a wrong mistake. You said you don't regret it, but I reckon privately you're saying, yeah, I stuffed oh, up he, big he time royally. It massively. Yeah, that's a royal, royal flush of uh, stuff ups. All right, so moving on, so it's either the uh, Quinella with Messi and Ronaldo, which wasn't meant to be in guitar. Uh, well, meant to be and it didn't happen. Or you've got your nomination, which was the... Uh, AC Anthony. Yeah, AC <laughs> Anthony. All right, I like that. All right, so moving on to our final award, which is our Vavana, our VAR and officiating stuff-ups. And uh, like I said, there's too much of this already, hence why we keep having 30 minutes of uh, stoppage time at the end of the game. But uh, tell us what you've uh, you've putting forward. Yeah, mine comes from the Morocco-Portugal game. I think it was about the 85th minute. Uh, Bruno Fernandes puts a, a cross into the box and it's uh, met by a diving header by Jawad El Yamak, a Moroccan defender. And honestly, it looks like it, it has. It's touched his hand as he's gone down. It's like an AFL hand pass. He's, he's sort of punched the ball. It's, yes, it's close to his body, but it does hit his hand. But oh, I can't believe they didn't even look at it. The, so you're, you're in a, a quarterfinal of the World Cup. The eighty fifth minute, your you've team's got one this nil technology, down. Right? Yeah, you got this because, technology because the ref, the ref, the refs missed it, which is understandable. Things happen quickly. He might not have seen it, but it's it's definitely clipped his clipped his hand or his arm. Um, and there's no one in the VAR box. They they must have gone home. I don't know what's going on, but no one's no one's called the ref over and said, "Hang on, a sec, stop the game. You need to go over to the uh, to the box and have a look at this." Well, I don't understand. How are these people getting a job? What are they doing? I don't I don't understand either. I honestly. It's really um, simple, right? You go have a look. If you waste people's time, at least if you get the right decision, people will be happy with it. And as we said, all jokes aside, they're playing 12, 14, 15 minutes over. So if you play 16 or 17, no one cares, What's right? The they're on the edge of their seat watching the game, but you get the right outcome. So, yeah, look, I just find it absolute farcical and it's a joke, but it's just not getting any better. It's getting any worse. So I think they need to sit down after this and work out how they get this this right. All right, my, uh, my nomination comes from... Uh, Japan's opening goal against Croatia, which was ruled offside, uh, it was due to his shadow. So it was probably the thickness of his uh, his, his cloth, so his jersey only, that uh, they, they saw something there that no one else in the stadium saw. So uh, it was then overruled. So I'm happy that uh, they finally got it right. But why, when it was this close, did they award no goal instead of going to the VAR and saying, it's a goal, please check to make sure VAR, we are correct. Now, Obviously, if the VAR is unsure, we're going to go with what you thought because safety's in numbers, right? And they go, okay, you said it was no goal, so we're unsure. Let's swing that way. Well, it was so damn close. It should be advantage to the attacking team. And if you can't split it by, you know, pulling out your microscope, then surely they get the luck of the dip, right? Yeah, look, I'm just glad you said the thickness of of the cloth. 
Mate, honestly, I want to keep this uh, PG for kids, right? One day your kid's going to watch this back and he's going to sit there and say, that was my old man. So, um, yeah, we're going to move on from that. But, look, that's the end of our um, <laughs> Beely Awards. It's very important that you uh, you vote for your favourite nominations for each of these awards this week because, as I said, VIG won last week's uh, 4-1. It was a hammering, so which means it takes the tie to 1-1. And considering next week's going to be where we give out the award winners uh, from all our nominations for each of those awards, so they'll be the proud recipients. And if you didn't win the World, the World Cup, or get golden boot. The award. This is the yeah, this is the greatest award. It's you the can next win. best thing. Take, yeah? take out those two: the golden boot and and the uh, the actual World Cup, the Holy Grail. This is the greatest thing you can win at the World Cup. So there's lots of people wanting to win this. So uh, especially some of the Brazilians, right, to make up for same colour as their jersey. Well, Neymar could go home with a uh, you know best Pele best goal. He might. This is very exciting. So make sure you get your votes in because pretty much whoever wins this week's uh, will be our champion, uh, the champion out of uh, you and I. So get your votes in. So up now is our clinical finish. It's uh, the first award or the only award we give out is our What the Foot. So many to choose from, but it's back-to-back for the A-League governing body. If announcing the finals uh, in Sydney for three years didn't get them across the line, then the F3 derby trophy displayed uh, before the game. A carved-out chunk of the F3 was just too much for me. Honestly, what is that? It's a concrete cylinder with like... It's a rockhead. It's a rockhead. That's some, what it is. Some, I just rock, <laughs> some rockhead has carved that out, but um, mate, I don't and, want and that. It's got the little fluoro uh, fluoro sticker on the front that says F three Derby. Honestly, well, why? Why are we giving out trophies for winning a derby match? Honestly, yeah. Look, we have that toilet seat next. Is going to be a dunny door for the team that comes last. The the uh, F three Derby trophy, and look, it looked. It didn't look nice. It was a bit cheap. It's nasty. And like I said, you know what? If we saw this on The Block, which is a good show, people have a laugh and say The Block's entertaining and they build a nice house. It's a funny award. But when it's a a, a league competition that we're trying to take seriously, compete with the other leagues around the world as well as the big codes here, they'd be watching like we do sometimes when we see them do things, just laughing, thinking – who honestly come up with what, this stupid thing, idea? What is F3 and what is Derby? Is it like Formula 3? What, what, what am I watching F3 here? dummy. But uh, look, the only thing is, the good news is for Montgomery is he would have been very disappointed as their fans were and the players were with losing the derby. But the good news is you don't have to take that piece of rubbish back to your club. <laughs> That's the only good thing. All right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm lost for words. All right. Games to watch this week. So the Melbourne Derby, City hosting the victory is a mouthwatering one. Uh, Bulls versus the Glory is another one I'm interested in um, to see how Ruben Zakovic's men perform away from home after an impressive home win. So maybe... A change is as good as a holiday, right? They've uh, their form prior to the break was pretty much the glory that we've been used to the last, you know, eighteen months. They lose Bruno here for Naroli, and uh, looks like you know things can only go down from there. But this has been probably their most impressive win in a long time, uh, and a couple of players like uh, Ryan Williams and some others have stood up and showed that there is still some fight. I think uh, Mustafa Amini it was also excellent. So. Um, yeah, lots of good good games coming up this weekend. But uh, which team do you think looked the best after the holidays, VIG? Uh, I've got to say Sydney FC. Not just the best looking kit, but the, the best, the best, looking, kit, the best looking team as well. So um, maybe they have to play in that kit uh, every week. But um, no, they, they they look great. They look refreshed. Um, like we said before, we said the teams that come back, they, they're going to have to treat this as a as a new season, brush away the first uh, batch of games, and and um, you know really really start their season now. And, I thought Sydney looked looked great. They looked uh, great in attack. Um, I thought Max Burgess was was terrific, and um, yeah, they they just looked uh, really solid. Look, it's like I say to the kids, you know, you get what you get and don't and you don't get upset. 
Unfortunately, if you're a team going really well before the break, this hasn't come at a good time for you. And if you're a team like Victory, who I thought needed to really work out their their good, pe- their great pieces on the chess table, but they just need to work out how they fit and where they move, it was great for them. But uh, that's unlucky. That's the way it works. Qatar won the World Cup. There's a break here, which never is. And so now there's no point crying about it. You just go out there now. As we said, you're starting the season again, pretty much. It's round one again. Uh, you've got to go out, start to win games, start to find your combinations and start to put some, uh, you know, put some, comp- some, some runs together. So, yeah, look, it will be interesting to see how uh, this week goes too after the teams have had a run under their belt and they're obviously better for it, hopefully. If not, then you're in a world of pain. <laughs> All right, our TFR Fantasy update is back and it feels like a new season. Uh, let's see who needed the rest more, you or me, me B-I-G. So me, my round seven score was 78, taking my total to 537. Before I get into my changes, tell us your round seven score. My round seven score was 103. Okay, raise your back. Taking me to 539. Okay, so B's knee goes to show this is going to be tight. So if either of us decides to take our foot off the pedal or not pay attention, we're going to pay for it. So uh, after a couple of solid weeks beforehand, uh, this definitely looks like this is uh, this break has, has done you the world of good. For me, I, uh, I didn't panic, but I did ring in the changes after the World Cup break. Arzani, Ballard and Wilmering sold. In, in to add, and I've added to my squad Ibasuki, Nanny and LaCroix. For me, my star performers, Krajev, the uh, silent assassin who's going about his business very quietly, the Bulgarian with 16 points, Izzo keeping a clean sheet with victory was 12 and Captain Cummings uh, double-double gets me 10 points but it's actually 20. The only thing I made I think which was a mistake was uh, Matt Miller on my bench. Uh, he got nine points and whilst I was uh, still happy to have Rodwell finally playing, even though he scored three, looks like he's picked up another injury. So uh, Matt Miller may be getting a reprieve this week. And the only thing for me that uh, didn't go to plan was uh, Luke Bratton, who got a minus two for his yellow card and uh, really cost me probably winning. That, that minus two would have dragged me equal with you. But uh, I don't think he's complaining. All he's worried about is getting the Sky Blues a victory. So uh, he was just as happy whether he got minus two or 202 that they uh, got a win over City. I don't think he cares about you, mate. I don't think he does either, just quietly. <laughs> All right, so what, what did you do with your squad? I know you didn't do anything. Uh, you did asleep at the wheel. Asleep at the wheel. Zero. No, I wanted to bring in Craig Goodwin, but um, obviously got the late mail that he was uh, not going to be available for the match. Where'd so. your intel come from? Oh, Carl Vick just sent me a text message. said, mate, Craig's not playing tonight, so you know what, don't, mate, don't worry about bringing him in. But you know what it might have been? I'm surprised after I gave him a roasting a couple of weeks back. That might have been that he... Um, he, he got because he got stitched by the uh, A League when they did that video. Maybe that's why he didn't want to play. He said, "Look, unless you put us on a different channel or and don't put the A League logo up, I'm not going on." <laughs> sounds sounds a uh, sounds plausible. Like a plausible it is, uh, it is yeah. isn't it? All right, so um, all right, and you, so you didn't bring him in. You brought in nobody. Didn't bring him in. I kept uh, J Mac and uh, Lolly up top. They got me twelve and fourteen. Seriously, uh, is, it, is it part Clayton of the league Lewis, now that, that J Mac has to get a pen every week? Oh, I must be. Has to. Honestly, he should teach Harry Kane how to take him consecutively. He should. <laughs> okay, so and and Clayton, and he was Clay, excellent. Clayton Lewis, yeah. fourteen points. He was brilliant, and uh, Paul Izzo at the back, twelve points. But I did have uh, Nestori Irankunda on the bench, twelve points. So that cost me dearly. You didn't need it though. I Look, it's probably a net, right? I, I had Miller on my bench for nine. You had him on the bench for twelve. So it probably uh, has evened itself out. All right, if you uh, missed any part of the show or want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. 
uh, up on YouTube channel, videos up on YouTube and uh, FNR Radio. Yeah, on YouTube, provided I don't put any um, guitar footage in there. Apparently, what goes in, on in guitar stays in guitar. Because last week we got a message and I thought, oh, yes, they love the show. YouTube sent me a message saying, hey, guys, love your show. Fantastic footage. And they said, hey, you're using FIFA footage. If you do it again, we're going to shut you down. Yeah, so they took it down. I didn't get a choice. It only took me another 17 hours to upload it again thanks to their fantastic software, but uh, we love you, YouTube, anyway. All right, so um, two mouth-watering World Cup semifinals and a final, so it's coming, their sleepless nights are coming to an end, uh, I think Wednesday and Thursday are the semis, and then is it Monday morning, 2 a.m. is the, is the final. Plenty of men's and women's A-League action um, to come, so just so much more football coming our way, even with the uh, the World World Cup coming to an end. We hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. Please vote for your favourite nominee in the Peely Awards, as we We'll be announcing the winners next week. And uh, as we say, until next week, rise up and join the football revolution. It was great having your company. Have a great week. We'll catch you next week. See you then.